0: If you're looking for fun data sets for learning, for teaching, maybe a conference talk, or even if you're just really into them, Sports offers up a continuous stream of rich data that many people can relate to. Yet, accessing that data can be tricky. Sometimes it's locked away in obscure file formats. Other times, the data exists, but without a clear API to access it. On this episode, we talk about PySport, something of an awesome list of a wide range of libraries, mostly but not all Python, for accessing a wide variety of sports data from the NFL, NBA, F1, and more. We have Kuhn Vassen, the founder of PySport, to talk through some of the more popular projects. This is Talk Python to Me, episode 416, recorded May 11th, 2023. Welcome to Talk Python to Me, a weekly podcast on Python. This is your host, Michael Kennedy. Follow me on Mastodon, where I'm at mkennedy, and follow the podcast using at TalkPython, both on bostodon.org. Be careful with impersonating accounts on other instances. There are many. Keep up with the show and listen to over seven years of past episodes at TalkPython.fm. We've started streaming most of our episodes live on YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube channel over at talkpython.fm slash YouTube to get notified about upcoming shows and be part of that episode. This episode is brought to you by JetBrains, who encourage you to get work done with PyCharm. Download your free trial of PyCharm Professional at talkpython.fm slash done dash with dash PyCharm. And it's brought to you by InfluxDB. InfluxDB is the database purpose built for handling time series data at a massive scale for real-time analytics. Try them for free at talkpython.fm slash influxdb. A quick announcement before we jump into the conversation around PySports. We have over 240 hours of Python course video content at TalkPython, and if you're watching that content on a mobile platform, phone, or tablet, the browser is definitely not the best experience. For example, on iOS, it won't even auto-advance or start playing without your interaction. We've had some mobile apps for our courses for a while now, but they have fallen a bit into disrepair for a couple of reasons, including App Store tyranny. But over the past four months, we've completely reimagined and rewrote our mobile apps in a modern and beautiful platform. And I'm super happy to announce that they are now available for Android and iOS on both phone and tablets in their respective app stores. So please visit TalkPython.fm slash apps to see for yourself how beautiful and clean the new apps are and why I'm so excited about them. Download them for free and even take a couple of our free courses included in there as well as the paid ones that you might've gotten, of course. Finally, if you're curious for a bit of a look behind the curtain about how and why we rewrote them, check out my personal site, mkennedy.codes for the full story. Thank you all for supporting our work. Now onto the show.: Gun. welcome to Talk Python to me.
1: Yeah, thanks, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, really yeah. cool uh, to talk about
0: this topic. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you here at the you have quite a collection of libraries. Now up front, these are not all of your libraries, right? These are sort of a, kind of an awesome list of Python and even beyond Python sports. Libraries, data
1: sets, APIs, models, everything, right? I think it's for people, it was quite hard to find open source packages. And I tried to collect everything I could find and make it available for everyone to uh, yeah to find what they need. It sounds like
0: a great mission. And as people will see, there is a bunch of stuff that we'll get to you to talk about. So not I noticed not absolutely every sport is covered there, but many of the popular sports are... Are covered. And if if you're interested in sports, I think also if you're interested in just examples that connect with people, right? Imagine you're a university professor and you don't want to use the New York tax, city, New York City tax data one more time. You want to say, well, you know, maybe people are into soccer, American football, or NBA, whatever it is, right? Maybe you could come up with something more interesting. F1, for example, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. There's quite some cool data available to to use in, in your courses. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Also, if people are members of some kind of club or team, maybe they could use some of this to bring some cool visualizations or analysis to their own organization, right?
1: Yeah, that's also one of the things uh, that PySports likes to encourage to e- use open source packages that are already available instead of building your own stuff, because that that actually happens a lot. So that's also one of the a part of the mission of PySport to to make people aware of what's already there and uh, try to bring people together. What are the big problems? not problems. It's an opportunity, but it's also a challenge
0: of Python. You know, if you go to pypi.org right now, there's four hundred and fifty three thousand packages. I didn't know the number, but that's quite a lot. Yeah, <laughs> we're coming up on half a million. And if your goal is to work with some specific data set or try to solve a certain type of problem. Often, the hardest part is figuring out, well, what library do I use? Does it exist? <laughs> and if yeah. so, is it, uh, is it up to date and all of these things? So having a list like this, I, I, a place that aggregates it and sorts it, and filters it, super neat. So really looking forward to talking to you about it. Before we get to that, though, just give us a quick bit on your backstory. How did you get into programming in Python?
1: Yeah, this is um, an interesting story. I think I, I started programming when I was I think, around 12, when I got uh, LEGO Mindstorms, LEGO that you could also program. My father gave me a visual basic book. Yeah, I, I should just figure it out. So that's where I started with with programming. And then during high school, I also did uh, web development uh, with PHP. I'm not really sure at what age, but eventually I ended up with, uh, I think, the, the first Dutch search engine. They want to, yeah, they need a P, uh, Python developer. And I didn't really know Python, but that wasn't an issue. Uh, so there I, I learned Python. And from that point on, I, yeah, only, or mostly used uh, Python. Right on. You're like, all right, forget this PHP stuff. Go going Python. <laughs> yeah, well, to be honest, we, uh, my company, we still use uh, PHP. Yeah, I'm sure. Because, well, it works quite well. It, the performance is okay. I'm not really sure if I'm allowed to say it on this show, but it also had some advantages.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, almost every language has some, Something it's particularly good at and reasons to keep using it. And also, there's just tons of software that was written, you know, pick your language, written in that language. And it still works well. And there's plenty of reasons to just keep going with it, right? Yeah.
1: But uh, yeah, Python is is really my language of of, uh, most interest and uh, what I really use on my uh, day-to-day work. Excellent. Uh, Yeah.
0: Yeah, cool. What are you doing these days? Are you still working at the search engine?
1: No, that, that was quite a while ago. Um, I also worked at uh, a huge online marketing agency where we did um, I run the, the software department and we created tools to collect all the data from all kinds of different sources and make it available for uh, the, the teams. Uh, right now, I'm uh, running my own company. It's called uh, Team TV, where we um, provide all kinds of tools um, where we use video and data for, for example, performance analysts but also for highlight creation or live streaming, just to make sure that we try, at least we try to combine video and data in all possible ways within the
0: support domain. Yeah, that's that sounds like a really interesting thing to be working on. Yeah, I
1: started mostly on, on the video engineering part. So we built quite some stuff ourselves there. So from people uploading uh, huge amounts of footage uh, that we need to transcode and how to scale it, uh, how to serve it, so that's stuff we, we build ourselves. Yeah, later on, we we keep on building more stuff around data and always uh, keep the combination between data and the video because, well, you can see some sort of metric, but you always want to see the, the footage behind it to actually understand the context of it.
0: Yeah, sure. That sounds really fun. And you're also involved with PyData Andover, is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah. For oh, Give even them a five, shout out, yeah, yeah, yeah. Five years ago, we we started with uh, Pi Data Eindhoven. We were already friends with uh, PyData Data Amsterdam. They said, "Well, maybe you should also start an Eindhoven chapter." Yeah, I think this year will be the the anniversary, the five year anniversary for Pi Data Eindhoven, and it's yeah, it's amazing community, and that's yeah, also inspired me to start with uh, the Pi Sport. I'm not really sure if people are all that are listening to the uh, to this podcast. No, by data
0: maybe i think i hope so yeah i suspect <laughs> mo- yeah most of probably do at least the data yeah. science inclined among us
1: yeah I, I can tell a little bit about it but uh i think right right now we have a nice way of, of organizing the meetups and trying to get more people involved and talk about data science and share knowledge and then once a year we have the, the conference uh, where we try to get uh yeah, collect money that we can send to NumFocus and they can share it over all the mm-hmm. open source uh, projects. So yeah, well, it's a really amazing community. Yeah, and excellent. Yeah, NumFocus
0: does a yeah NumFocus does a, a lot to support mm-hmm. the bigger data science oriented projects. Yeah, yeah, I think that's kind of unique amongst the in the Python space. I you know there's not really anything like that in the web or UI. Or, you know, there's not a lot of areas mm-hmm. where it's like organization that says, okay, we're gonna to try to find the popular projects and support them you know, across organizations, right? Like mm-hmm. people support Flask, but they don't also support Django in the same sort of organization, right?
1: I think it's it's also an opportunity for all the companies that are using those open source packages to give back. And I think doing it through nonfocus, that makes it also easier because they use a lot of packages and can just donate to nonfocus and they will make sure it's this distributed over those uh, yeah. packages. Right, right, absolutely.
0: If you use pandas, you should also support NumPy, right? Because that's kind of the foundation of, and so Yeah, on, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. All right, well, let's jump into sports and your project, PySport. Mm-hmm. Are there other people who are, are maintainers and working on this, or is this just your project?
1: To get um, the, the meetup that we had uh, just a couple of uh, weeks ago, we had some more people collected and, and now we are building from there on to get more people involved with just PySport. But one of the, the project we built with PySport is the, the Cloppy package. And there we have worked together with, uh, with Jan van Haaren. He's a, a head of data science at Club Brugge, a big club in the, in Belgium. Uh, we had the, the main maintainers there, but I think right now we have like 22 contributors to the, the package. So there's quite some people uh, contributing there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a big group. That's a lot of people contributing. Yeah. Let's start it this way. Tell people what PySport is and about that. And then we can talk a little broadly just about sports analytics before we get into the details. The,
1: the most important mission of, of PySport is to you know to bridge the gap between the clubs and the sports analytics enthusiastic people and by using open source packages. Because a lot of clubs are using open source packages. Open source packages are used by the clubs and people want to have a way to contribute to their favorite uh, club. I think a lot of people are still struggling on how to do it. And with PySports, yeah, we want to share the knowledge and teach people on, on how to do it. So we try to get the experts from the clubs, but also getting the knowledge from, you know, like Pandas or other big... Packages and see how we can get all that knowledge into the sports analytics community. With Clopy, we try to set an example on on how to uh, how to build such a package, how to work together on such a thing, and also encourage people to to contribute. Yeah, show that you don't have to create a, a pull request that there's a major refactor, but also like minor things like uh, typing errors, fix and documentation. And, and show people that that's also very valuable to um,
0: to a package. Interesting. So Kloppy is standardized soccer tracking and event data, right? So you started out with soccer, or as uh, I guess a lot of the world might refer to it as football, but in the US, the, that's, a, that's yeah, already it's, taken. It's a namespace yeah, it's, collision. It's, yeah.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, sometimes yeah, it's difficult to p- talk about football. But uh, here in Europe, uh, w- we call it uh, football, but yeah, for the package because it's uh, international, so worldwide, uh, I, mean, I call it soccer.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Les, namespace, namespace. So, give us a quick uh, bit of background on cloppy, But since it's kind of one of the founding, you created this as a way to sort of set an example, right, for how to create a package and helps people understand this event, this club data.
1: Where that started is on Twitter, there was already quite some people talking about sports analytics, of course. And one guy, Joe Mulberry, he's, he's working at a, a Danish top club. He asked for help because he created a notebook and he wanted to build an, a Flask API on top of it. And I said, well, I know Python. I don't know really a much, uh, much about soccer or about data, but yeah, I would like to be involved. I would like to help you. And when I received a notebook, I noticed that like 80% of the code was about reading and standardizing the data to a, a format that he could work with. And uh, when we talked about it, it seemed like most, at least a lot of people are struggling with that issue and doing the same thing over and over again, because in, in more notebooks that I saw people were doing the same thing, but in different ways and somewhere not correct implementation or inefficient implementations. So I thought, well, one thing I know is is how to read data and how to get it into a standardized format because that was also one of the things I did at an online marketing company.
0: <laughs> yeah. You're like I don't know much much about your data format, but I know about processing <laughs> yeah. data and yeah, yeah, normalizing that, it and all that, right?
1: Yeah, I built a package start with just tracking data, but also try to explain what the next steps could be. And then people said, well, this is really useful. And from that part, I uh, kept on adding yeah, deserializers for different kinds of, of data, for the tracking data and also for the event data. Yeah, to try to get knowledge from non-sport bigger projects. So I also got um, Will Cunnen from the Texel package. He also did several reviews on this package and give feedback to, yeah, to try to get the package on a, on a higher level. So people within the sports analytics community could also gain more knowledge from there. Mm-hmm. But maybe also good, uh, big, a big, small, a small background on, on the, the data. So the tracking data, that's like positioning data for all players on the pitch. Uh, I think it's most of the time 25, uh, 25 frames per second. So you know the location for each player and the ball. And on the other side, you have the event data. So there are all the passes and shots and things like uh, like that. At this time, from this position,
0: there was a shot on the goal, or there was a pass, or there was a takeaway, or penalty, yeah? Yeah,
1: yeah, that's, uh, that's event data, yeah. And all the vendors so, use different uh, uh, formats. Uh,
0: uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, geez, <laughs> that <laughs> sounds hard. So first of all, 25 hertz of all the people's location this is beyond somebody with just a pen and paper and notebook writing down. Oh, at this time there was a shot on the goal by number twenty-five. Like, how do they get that data? That's crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's uh, quite an advanced systems that they use. So in the stadium, I think uh, they have like twenty cameras around the pitch. They, they use computer vision to mm-hmm. yeah to detect all the players and and combine it. But I believe, and I'm not really sure if there are already vendors on the market that do it totally automated. But I think from the system that I'm currently used in, in soccer, there are still some people needed for difficult situations like a, a corner kick, where a lot of people in a small area and a lot of uh, You can't see the numbers, and, yeah. Yeah, they can't see the numbers. So just uh, after a corner, some manual operator has to reassign some players or correct something. But it's quite an advanced system uh, already.
0: It sounds incredibly advanced. It sounds o- like an awesome data set to work with because it, With that much data you you really can make a lot of interesting predictions and Mm. trends i mean at some point maybe we'll just like put some sort of like tracking rfid thing on the back of the players heads just you know stitch it on there and then then you fully automate it you know
1: (laughs) yeah i I think uh, well uh, yeah maybe yeah not sure if all (laughs) players would uh, accept it but for example (laughs) on, uh, on ice hockey it yeah you can Put on the helmet, so... Uh, yeah, you or, could put uh, it on but, the helmet, sure. football. Sure, sure. Right, on the,
0: yeah. yeah, and things like uh, automobile racing, you know, they have, not all of them, but for example, F1 has incredibly a high frequency of like points that measure where is this car, how fast is it going, the cars are sending out real-time telemetry. There's, there's certainly many sports that have quite high fidelity in their data.
1: I must admit, uh, I haven't seen the data from F1 yet, uh, but it would be really interesting to, to learn from them and how to work with data and see it can be applied to, to football or soccer or, yeah, or the sport.
0: This portion of Talk Python to Me is brought to you by JetBrains, who encourage you to get work done with PyCharm. PyCharm Professional is the complete IDE that supports all major Python workflows, including full-stack development. That's front-end JavaScript, Python backend, and data support as well as data science workflows with Jupyter. PyCharm just works out of the box. Some editors provide their functionality through piecemeal add-ins that you put together from a variety of sources. PyCharm is ready to go from minute one. And PyCharm thrives on complexity. The biggest selling point for me personally is that PyCharm understands the code structure of my entire project, even across languages such as Python and SQL and HTML. If you see your editor completing statements just because the word appears elsewhere in the file, but it's not actually relevant to that code block, that should make you really nervous. I've been a happy paying customer of PyCharm for years. Hardly a workday passes that I'm not deep inside PyCharm working on projects here at TalkPython. What tool is more important to your productivity than your code editor? You deserve one that works the best. So download your free trial of PyCharm Professional today at talkpython.fm slash done with PyCharm and get work done. That link is in your podcast player show notes. Thank you to PyCharm from JetBrains for sponsoring the show and keeping TalkPython going strong. I bet it's a lot, actually. I bet it is, uh, you know, just in terms of actual quantity of data, you know, how fast they're sampling it, how many cars, for how long. It's it's probably a lot of data.
1: That's also one of the interesting things about... um working with sports data, I think the data engineering part, and and this package just focused on reading the data, but then the next step, yeah, how to work with with the data, especially if you would like to use the tracking data for a whole season, yeah, that's quite some data that also pandas can start struggling a bit with. It just occurred to me, there's probably
0: a whole nother uh, demographic or aspect who would be interested in this kind of data would be like sports betting people. I mean, not that I have any interest in that at all. But if you were trying to figure out, like, okay, if this team plays that team, if you can understand, okay, this, their star player, if we match up their moves against the other person's moves, it turns out there's a, a weakness in this way for their defense, or who who knows, right? I mean, there's, there's, pro- with that much data, there's probably some interesting stuff you can do.
1: I think that, that a lot of vendors of the, the data also have the, yeah, the, the betting industry as well as their clients. Because, yeah. They- yeah I don't really care to work for them or support them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit shady, I suppose. But, yeah. but it does seem like you could, it's it's almost like uh, really detailed information about companies for the stock market. This is kind of like a little bit like that for the sports betting in, in some ways, I suppose. Like, yeah, real, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, interesting. I think one of the challenges here is probably a lot of this data is not easily offered up. There's probably not a lot of JSON APIs with low latency that are super easy to access, For some there must be, but not. there's probably a lot of data out there that is not <laughs> overly welcome to either be given out or, or it's given out over in batch, over slow periods, or something like that, right? Maybe speak to a little bit about the data availability.
1: Yeah, that's quite, a, quite an issue. And I know uh, mostly about uh, the soccer data, but I can imagine that the same applies to most of the other sports. And I think data availability is is a major issue. At least if you want to encourage the community to work with it and do research on it and get people build more cool stuff without being within a club. There are some companies that already provide quite a, a big set of open event data. Statsbomb is one of them. I think they provide around 1,500 data sets for event data. But if you're looking at the tracking data, uh, maybe there are like 10, maybe 50, uh, 15 uh, sets available because all those vendors have deals with the leaks. Uh, they are not allowed to it. So you have to know someone within a club. Or use uh,
0: Beautiful super or or something like that, right?
1: That's uh, the other option. But um, then it's still very hard to get the tracking data because I'm not really sure if you can actually scrape it. But that's um, it. Is one of the things that that I noticed when working on the the, the open source passport website that are really a lot of scrapers, and I think that's an yeah. indication that there's an an issue with data availability.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's not. This plugs into the API, but this is a scraper. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's it's worth pointing out or throwing out a bit of word of caution, just because the website is publicly available and you can hit it with. Some kind of scraping tool that doesn't mean you legally can do stuff with the data. You, you probably want to be pretty careful about that, right?
1: Yeah, b- because I think even when it's not explicitly mentioned, most of the times it's not allowed to scrape the data at all. But also in, in soccer, there uh, are quite some websites that explicitly uh, forbid forbidden. And yeah, th- so the, the, the packages are there, and it's also a bit. I, w- I was thinking about should I include them or should I not in- include them because they kind of encourage non legal actions. But um, yeah, not not really sure about
0: it again. Yeah, sure. It's I can see the case for both sides of that. But yeah want to you know let people know like just, just be careful with what you do with the data it's one thing if oh it's an academic research project and it's just for my own interest or whatever but
1: yeah if you start craving that die website and trying to make money out of it you should not do it yeah. <laughs> or
0: find a way to do it legitimately right but just don't yeah don't don't sneak sneak through yeah all right well I think I think it might be fun to let's talk through some of the packages you have here so if you go to piesport.org, And there's a a nav bar and on the left it says open source. And if people click that, then they end up with a whole bunch of, and you know, I'll open it just this way for a moment, and we can look at it and talk about it. So if you just click on it, it actually, there's a, there's a delay as it downloads.
1: Yeah, <laughs> there's still the stuff something because, I, I need to fix uh, because, uh, yeah, it's quite some packages. Yeah. I mean,
0: I'm not, this is not a complaint. It's just I don't <laughs> know how many pages that is, but that's a really small scroll bar. Yeah. But what I noticed that's pretty cool is you can go in, there's a filter that you all have, and you can filter by your language. Right now you have Haskell, Python, and R, and others. And then you can pick by sports. And then you can pick by type of thing, right? So I filtered our discussion down to Python libraries just because, you know. We we have a single title. Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) And uh, you could also pick amongst the different types of tools. So we talked about the scrapers and probably, to a lesser degree, the APIs, right? the API clients, which is cool. There are some in there. They say, here's the API. And we just built a strongly typed package rather than just doing straight rest, which is great. But you also have models and calculators, like for predicting things, and then I.O. for file formats, visualization, open data, and databases, right? So yep. I encourage people to, rather than try to read the whole list, which is hundreds and hundreds of packages, <laughs> to you know filter down maybe to the sport you're interested in, or a couple of sports, or the type of tooling you're interested in, yeah?
1: Yeah, the, uh, I think filtering is a, is a must, but maybe if you have plenty of time, you could just scroll and, and see... What's interesting, mm-hmm. because yeah, it's still I think a very interesting list to to see what's just what available and get inspiration. Yeah, it's quite a list. Yeah, yeah. So what's the
0: sort here? If I come here, how do I, <laughs> how does this get sorted? Like, uh, is there any meaning to the order they appear? Or is it just when they when they were entered? Or
1: it's a good question. I also open source the data collection part of of this website, but it's it's daily collected at least to provide an update, and I think. I must say, I think there's a, an order. And uh, When I added the packages, I think that's the order here. But um, to be honest, this can be pretty random. <laughs>
0: Excellent. All right. So here, I'll, I'll just sort of uh, go through a couple of the scrapers here. And we can maybe dive into one or two, potentially. So there's PyBall. I'll just, we'll just go through just to give people a sense right, uh, of the ones here, right? So there's PyBall, which is a Python API. Nice. Wrapper for stats.nba.com with a focus on NBA and WNBA applications. That's pretty cool. I don't know anything about stats.nba.com, but it looks like, yeah, this is a whole website with all sorts of data. It's got players, teams, leaders. Looks
1: great, actually. I think quite some people are uh, also using this package. Mm-hmm. I think it's a mostly used package uh, when working with uh, with basketball data. Indeed, mm-hmm. it's not that they use the, uh, the API to get this data. Yeah, you get
0: quite a bit of data here. You've got like the player, their team, their age, their total number of points scored, a lot of stuff you can do to sort of compare them. And yeah, it's great.
1: So if you are into basketball, I think that's a great start. It's also quite actively uh, maintained. That's also one of the things that I intentionally mentioned on the the list because some packages are not really uh, maintained well. I think it's it's a it's a, a benefit. Yeah, one of the things in the
0: list that you call out is the number of contributors, the latest version, when the last
1: commit was to the package. That's pretty cool. In the beginning, I thought, well, maybe I can just manually update the list, but um, <laughs> then I decided, I think data engineering is is fun. Let's find a way to uh, automatically fetch the data and update it. Also, the 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 license is pretty important. To show it here, and also a large commit to see how actively it's uh, maintained, the latest versions, and also the contributors. Because I've, I think it's it's good that some packages have some more contributors that you. Do. Sure, the difference between a, a package
0: with one contributor and one with thirty contributors—that's a big difference. It's a really big difference. Yeah,
1: yeah I think it's it's uh, also good for people to see if there is a package with just a single contributor that that might give an opportunity to contribute to it. Uh, or work sure. together. So uh, Python would like to encourage people to get involved in those projects.
0: Yeah, that's a good idea. So
1: yeah, that, that could, uh, could help uh, out here.
0: Yeah, and each one of these packages, you can go in and open the details here. And it gives you a little bit more information. Like it, for example, it actually lists the contributors and links to their GitHub profiles and yep. shows their website and the GitHub page and PyPI and so on, yeah?
1: Yeah, and also you, you can uh, look, click on one of the contributes and see what other packages they, uh, they built. Maybe just...
0: Oh really? Okay. So, like, if I click on this one, yeah, they've done this, just this one. Well, and this one, just a single one. Yeah. Some of them they might have worked on multiple. I know Dependapod's worked on a few. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That's a really a nice contributor. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Dependipod, the absolutely prolific open source <laughs> contributor. Yeah, works on my project too. This portion of Talk Python to Me is brought to you by Influx Data, the makers of InfluxDB. InfluxDB is a database purpose-built for handling time series data at a massive scale for real-time analytics. Developers can ingest, store, and analyze all types of time series data, metrics, events, and traces in a single platform. So, dear listener, let me ask you a question. How would boundless cardinality and lightning-fast SQL queries impact the way that you develop real-time applications? InfluxDB processes large time series datasets and provides low-latency SQL queries, making it the go-to choice for developers building real-time applications and seeking crucial insights. For developer efficiency, InfluxDB helps you create IoT, analytics, and cloud applications using timestamped data rapidly and at scale. It's designed to ingest billions of data points in real-time with unlimited cardinality. InfluxDB streamlines building once and deploying across various products and environments from the edge, on-premise, and to the cloud. Try it for free at talkpython.fm slash InfluxDB. The link is in your podcast player show notes. Thanks to Influx Data for supporting the show. I didn't realize you could actually see all the projects that PySport knows about that that particular user works on. That's a cool one aspect of it
1: i spent quite some time on uh, fetching all the data and trying to combine it also fetching data for but i can also do the similar for uh for the r packages mm-hmm. yeah and seeing how to get all uh, available data on one place It also tries to to fetch uh, images or screenshots from the READMEs of the repo storage that works for some
0: oh uh, yeah that's nice screenshots are really can be very helpful less in, important on the scrapers more on the Visualizers probably, but still yeah, definitely. What is um, open source dot org written in
1: It's uh, written in, um, in React mm-hmm. using uh, next uh, js, so it was also quite an adventure for me because it's the first uh, application that might also explain why it's still a bit um, slow on loading because I didn't really dive into how to to make it faster, It you still wins but in the back end it's it's python it's using um, Luigi. Okay, uh, that's, uh, I still think it's a pretty interesting uh, tool because it's really simple to set up, uh, like orchestration of of some tasks. Right. Like the daily scraping,
0: the updating of the packages and that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. And then, uh, there's a, a GitHub action that runs on a daily basis and then fetches all the data and updates and commits it in a different branch. And that one gets deployed, uh, to personal, I believe. Okay. Yeah, very interesting. But if you are interested in in, in the the source, you can also uh, it's also open source. Okay, great. So pieball
0: for NBA, we have the hockey scraper, which is for scraping NHL play by play and shift data with six contributors. That's pretty interesting.
1: What you'll see on the the field list for every sport is a patch also for uh yeah for the NHL for ice hockey that's a, a little bit less maintained, I think. Yeah, I have to, I'm not really sure if it still works because with those scrapers, it's, it can work today and not tomorrow.
0: It doesn't even necessarily mean that they were intentionally blocked, right? It could just be, hey, we've redesigned our site. Doesn't it look awesome? You're like, yeah, <laughs> the CSS selectors no longer pull up the thing, so. Uh,
1: yeah, so that's that. also on the scraping part. If it's uh, last commit is like a, a while ago, yet it, it might... Be broken? Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, sure. All right. Let's see some more. Yeah, that's. I think uh, the StatsBomb uh, PI is an official uh, package. that's also cool that uh, StatsBomb provides an open-source package for accessing their data. Yeah, what is StatsBomb? I see that showing
0: up in many places on these different packages.
1: Yeah, StatsBomb is, um, I think, one of the the, the leading providers of um, event data in, in football, and in, in, I think in both football and soccer and in football. So they uh, provide the event data, so everything that happens on the page, like uh, passes, uh, dribbles, interceptions, everything. Mm-hmm. They are also one of the providers of the open data sets.
0: Okay. Yeah, they've got a free data section. That's cool. Yeah. They, they proclaim themselves as a data champions. That's <laughs> <is laughs> kind of cool.
1: Yeah. I think the data is, is pretty good. I think also one of the best in the, in the market right now. But uh, okay, at least that's what I heard from... Some users. Sure. Uh, they even have
0: courses, modern scouting and data driven recruitment. That's kind of interesting, isn't it?
1: Yeah, you also have to figure out how to uh, apply yeah, data science in your, in your job. So, how to use it and uh, yeah, how to yeah, use the data for, for scouting purposes.
0: Yeah, yeah, if you work in professional, a professional sports organization or even college sports, the U.S. at least, there's a lot of recruiting people up from lower levels.
1: That happens in, in all sports, but um, I think the data is really helping to um, make the the number of players that you have to watch from the footage a lot less. So if you can already yeah make a short list instead of watching 15,000 players, then uh, yeah. It's really convenient, sure. Or maybe you're looking for a particular
0: asset or a particular part of the play that a, a player is good at, right? Maybe you're looking for a, a quarterback for a football team that is especially good at running the ball, in addition to just throwing it, right? You could you could ask the data for that and and really you know narrow in quite quickly, I imagine.
1: And then you have to uh, work with the data, figuring out how to extract it, because maybe that that single metric that's really important for you is not available. In the original data set so then you have to figure out how to work with the data and um, get those metrics out of the, the raw data.
0: Yeah, maybe it's something calculated or inferred, or
1: yeah. And th- that's also one of the things that happens in, in in soccer, based on the tracking data, but it will probably happen in also in, in football and all the other sports that clubs will define their own metrics based on, for example, tracking data and use that um, to you know, to figure out what players match their own play the most cool
0: okay so yeah that's what the, there's as you can see there's a bunch of stats bombs here Pie baseball and mlb game seem to be uh, a couple of things around baseball data and baseball is one of those games that's kind of i feel like baseball is one of those games that was almost created by a statistician just so they could come up with st- <laughs> with stats there's so many stats and, you know, people get averages, you know, the, what kind of hitter are they? Well, they're like a, a 0.3, you know, they're a 300 hitter. right? or You know, 30% and all that. And I'm not a huge fan of baseball. I've, I find it kind of a, a slow game. It's kind of fun to play, but to watch, and it's like, you know, same as golf. I don't watch those things. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm mean, sure they're fun to play, but it's just like in terms of stats, these kind of games, there's probably a ton of stats here because it's all about stats there.
1: I also believe that... Um... The baseball data science departments are one of the biggest departments overall sport. And maybe, but I'm not sure about it. You can also make a lot of impact there. Maybe. Sure. Because also in, in all the sports, for example, soccer, a lot of things has impact on the eventual outcome. It's also a discussion if all data is available to, um, to know what actually uh, has the most impact. So that's also one of the. Yeah, discussions within the soccer
0: analyst community. Yeah, for the, both of these, Pi Baseball and MLB Game, you can see from your Luigi automation, <laughs> that there's they're they're both quite, well, the, Pi, the MLB Game is not particularly up to date. I guess the Pi Baseball one is more up to date. But, you know, 13 contributors, 30 contributors. That's quite a lot, yeah. That's quite a lot. And the, the Pi Baseball was updated this month, right? That's But, you know, I, when I saw these, I'm like, oh, these are kind of similar. And then I look at, look at your page here and i see oh well Pie baseball is you know way more up-to-date modern and you should check that out first right that's the kind of value you get for having the that info
1: yeah, that's also uh the intention that you have a quite a quick overview of uh, yeah how it's maintained it and um yeah, if you yeah
0: and that one against also goes against the api so let's see a um, couple more i guess it's worth uh giving a shout out to the NFL Fast Pie. That well, you know, NFL's uh, got a lot of data as well. What else? There's some college baseball. Mm-hmm. Here's one that I think is that shows up across a lot of the different categories because it seems to do a lot. Which is Fast F1. Have you seen that? Have you played with this? Any? Also updated this month. I
1: should dig into it because quite some contributors, and I think it's really interesting. To uh, to also see the motor or or cycling or more of those uh, sports to see what they are doing how they are doing it yeah I noticed looking through here that there's not a lot of
0: motorsports compared to the other sports and so people are, if you're out there like if you're an IndyCar or if you're in motocross or somewhere like and you got a package just shoot it over to these guys and have them put it in the list that would be cool uh, yeah the fast F1 they've got a page here that has a bunch of things it has access to timing data telemetry session results and all the data is provided in an extended panda data uh, pandas data frame format, which is pretty cool, right? Integration with Matplotlib. There's a, an examples gallery too. You come over here and you can see it has things like position changes during the race. So this it'll say if you go up here, it'll do things like you got to go forward, you know, go to the se- get season twenty three race one R for race, I guess, rather than practice or qualifying and. That's Bahrain. And so then here's, you know, it has all the the drivers, their time throughout the race, their position. You can see probably pit stop. There's a lot of cool stuff you can see in here.
1: It looks uh, really nice. And also uh, with those examples, I think that's really uh, helpful to get people started with those um, packages yeah
0: it's not exactly a jupyter notebook it's the html of a jupyter notebook <laughs> but you know it's still exactly what you need right to
1: but i think you can use a, even download it even by a notebook you download
0: it right there absolutely yeah. yeah yeah and apparently two and a half seconds to generate the script <laughs> let's see uh, you can you even got cool visualizations like on the track color it by by speed around the the tracks of the street. you know it's there's a lot of cool data here
1: i'm not really sure why i haven't seen this one before but yeah it's, it's Looks really, uh, really cool.
0: Um, yeah. When I looked, I looked around a couple of the different packages. And this one, like the documentation, the examples, and stuff seem seem super good. Okay. So that's the scrapers. There's many more. <laughs> there's plenty more there. Another one, models, calculators. Maybe take us through some of the ones that stand out in this category. Like, for example, there's Lori's code for Metrica tracking data. I love it that it's just, it's a Lori's code. Good job, Lori.
1: <laughs> yeah. So this is mostly about how to uh, also. You do all kind of uh, modeling on top of it, uh, do predictions on top of data. Yeah, one of the, the packages that I think is, is pretty interesting is the the soccer action. Yeah, of course. Again, it's soccer. Uh, it might, there's only Python, possibly. Mm.
0: But for example, they have soccer XG, which is what is that? XG boost models for soccer event data.
1: That's the ex- expected uh, goals. Cool. So, what's the expected value uh, for a certain uh, shot if it should? go in or, or not. So it is also based right, okay. on uh, a position on the page, uh, how many players are between the player with the ball and the goal. So you can use it to uh, to determine, yeah, how if a player should score a goal and, and how many goals he should uh, right, make. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. yeah I think this yeah. is
0: actually one of the really interesting aspects is the model and calculate it, you know, the prediction side is, is pretty cool.
1: There's quite some some work to do for Pi sports because, the for, ex- for example, the expected goals, that's also one of the things that I've seen in, in ice hockey. Also in, in other sports where you have to score within a goal, and I think it would be cool to find a way to abstract it over all sport. Yeah, because
0: it is kind of the same idea, probably different data sets, but, right, like scoring in hockey and scoring in soccer is, from a structural perspective of the data, is
1: kind of the same thing, even though it's really
0: you know quite different in size of the goal and how easy it is and all that. Yeah,
1: but I think we can still learn from yeah, from the other sports and, and see
0: how they did it. Yeah, train up a model, but on different data, right? But same same type of model potentially.
1: Yeah, maybe some different features, but uh,
0: yeah, yeah. So the next category is I/O. And that obviously stats bomb is in here, right? A uh, Python package to parse stats bomb's JSON data to CSV, which is cool. Some on soccer, the, the Spaddle format, which I have no idea what that is.
1: Yeah, this is also one of the, the things they, they built to make like atomic data format that's um, yeah also kind of standardized. So there's some overlap between soccer action and cloppy. I think they mostly focused on how to eventually work with the data. So calculate uh, also the expected threat and also like um, a contribution model. Uh, so for every action towards a goal, I uh, there. Right.
0: Yeah. right, okay, so maybe there's a takeaway and then a pass and a pass and then a score, like all of those people should somehow get credit for that potentially, right? Yeah. Okay, makes sense.
1: But they also build the, the way to note the data and they will currently also working together with them to see if we can make cloppy to load the data and have the cloppy package focus on, on loading it and standardizing it and then have the soccer action using it so see how the nego the blocks can work together absolutely
0: we have the nfl db a library to manage and update nfl data in a relational database that's kind of cool mm-hmm. all right let's see the next category is the visualization. I think probably the excuse me the most important part is probably the actual data acquisition, but the most desired part is probably the visualization, right? Like the
1: data engineering part is, is not really uh, what do you call it, really sexy. I mean, no one sees it. The output is a structured CSV or Parquet file, so that's not really <laughs> cool to show. But for example, at yeah, the MPL Soccer, I think uh, it's it's a really really nice package used by I think every. Person in in the soccer community.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of um, contributors here.
1: Yeah, and uh, the visualizations look really cool. Yeah, they also have a, a huge list of uh, examples. Okay. So all kind of, it's, you can just copy and paste to wow. f- to create uh, some pizza charts. I love them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we'll actually come back to the pizza charts in just a moment, actually. But yeah, these are these are some good looking visualizations here.
1: Yeah, and I think the interesting uh, thing about this package is that there, uh, at some point there were two packages that did similar things and then they decided, well, we should just work together. And they spent quite some time on integrating those packages and then there was one. And that's, I think that's really cool to see that instead of kind of competing, they uh, decided to work together and uh, make, yeah, sure. I think, one of the most awesome packages uh, for the software community. Yep. It's really nice. It's really nice. There's a lot of soccer ones in here.
0: Oh, yeah. There's also one for a PT plot for American football, although I don't understand what PT stands for. And then the the fast formula one is also in there. We already saw those pictures, but a lot of nice visualizations there.
1: Yeah. And
0: is that it for all the categories? No, then there's the open data.
1: Yeah, I think maybe if, when I look at this list uh, are some missing. Okay. It's still a bit limited on what data is available. Is that something that we should work together also, with leaks, to see if there's a way to um, yeah to make some more data available. Uh,
0: yeah, they have it and they offered it publicly. Put it in the list, right?
1: When it's available, I would definitely uh, add it. Mm-hmm. But there's uh, already some interesting data. Maybe a little bit smaller data sets, but you can definitely use it to uh, to start uh, playing around with it. All right. So I think
0: that kind of covers the list with the python filter sort on and you wanted to also to give a quick shout out to NFL verse right because while not python is quite a series of packages that does cool stuff in the NFL for uh, that data right
1: yeah so it's it's, it's not python it's, it's for the r uh, users but uh, i think what's what's really interesting there what they did is they uh, created quite some different packages one for collecting the data, one for organizing it, one for reading the data, one for doing uh, all kind of modeling, one for creating the visualizations and I think that's also an example for for, your, for all the sports on how to um, yeah, make those packages available making sure that everything fits together.
0: Yeah, that's cool. It's under, under the NFL virtual organization but a bunch of different projects. You know, you talked about having the data and stuff that's not immediately obvious or predictable. You might need a higher level sort of thinking about it. And one of them that stands out here is the NFL fourth, which is studies fourth down decision datas mm-hmm. with the NFL version models, which is kind of cool because that's one of the big decisions that a coach makes. And it can make the game or it can lose the game and there's a go-no-go no go decision, right? And it, there's a lot of... It's not just, well, they went this far then they didn't make it. It's, well, it was the... They had 30 seconds left in the game and they had to do it or, you know, because otherwise they were just going to lose anyway, right? There's a lot of higher, like, sort of inference and higher level things you want to bring into that rather than just 30% of the time they make it <laughs> fourth down, right? Yeah, and this,
1: uh, I think, also one of the reasons they just built an entire package around it to, you
0: know, to work with it. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Now... Before all the python people say I don't want to learn R, I don't care about R. It is also worth pointing out that you can call <laughs> R from Python. I don't know how much like the visualization stuff still works super well or anything like that, but you can use oh, what is it called? Rpy2. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you can end up you just pass it an R file and then you start calling functions or whatever. Get a get a function out of it and call that function. So it's worth, you know, if if you really really want to use the, some of these packages, maybe it's worth doing a quick little integration and then r- turn it into a data frame, a pandas data frame, and running with it or something.
1: This looks interesting. It's uh, definitely uh,
0: worth uh, worth a try. Uh, it's nothing I've ever used, but I can see, you know, if you really care about NFl data <laughs> and you really care about Python, it might be worth uh, worth giving those those combos a look
1: there. I think there there is one package to work with with their data from Python. So if you look at, okay. at the list there. There should be at least one. Mm-hmm. I think it's not on their uh, website, on their uh, GitHub page, but I uh, yeah. think there's another one that uh, integrates uh,
0: well with it. Sure. Right. Not under the organization, but maybe somebody else made. Yeah. A- that does. Yeah. That that's cool. Excellent. Maybe they use this this integration that I was showing. I don't know. <laughs> All right. And then the last thing I want to talk about here is interesting on two levels. So you've got a playground.pySport.org, which is a hosted notebook to play with some examples, like in particular, cloppy and MPL soccer, right?
1: I think one of the issues or the challenges for a lot of people also working within the the bigger clubs is that they don't always have a a background in programming. So often they start as a video analyst or uh, working as a performance analyst, and then they think, well, there's data, I want to work with it. And if you need to set up your Python environment for the first time, it can be a bit overwhelming. So that's why I, for, well, there is JupyterLite, which is a very cool project based on, on uh, Pyrodite. Let's see if, yeah, if you can use it. And it is just a start uh, with the Cloppy and the MPL yeah. Soccer package. I just fetched the notebooks from there, from the gallery, they yeah, in- integrated into this one, into the, the playground, and you can just start playing around uh, with it. Yeah, and so here's a proper Jupyter notebook Using all of their Mm -hmm.
0: libraries and stuff. But what's awesome about this, as you said, based on Pyodad, I'm not sure it necessarily actually stuck in people's minds. Like this is running in WebAssembly on our front end, right? Which is pretty epic.
1: It makes it really convenient for people to just start playing around with it without uh, installing Python and working with virtual environments. Yeah, you know how it works.
0: Yeah, it makes it super easy for you to host it because all you're doing is serving up static files. You're not hosting you're not running a kubernetes cluster or <laughs> anything like that right trying to prevent abuse of it and so on yeah
1: yeah so um yeah the multiple sites make it uh good to for me and for the people using it for sure and it even does that uh that wild what's it called pizza
0: pizza plot that kind of style of plot that we we're looking at and it it runs fast and great yeah this is really really nice yeah are you, are you happy with Pyodot or um Jupiter Light. Yeah,
1: there was um, yeah, well, yeah, there was some some issues with it, especially around uh, working with uh, with fetching data because some of these um, try to fetch the open data from from StatsBomb or also some fonts and stuff like that. Yeah, so we, we had to work around it. And yeah, that's also what you see on on top of here is the the patching of the. Request the library to make it work in uh, Jupyter Lite. Yeah, I've, I think it's better to to have a working version than uh, it
0: than not patching it. I think it's great. It's and then everything that uses requests can just do its thing. Yeah, this is really cool. I when I saw that you had this, I thought, oh, this is this is clever that it's based on Jupyter Lite. and it's really nice. Yeah, yeah. So people you know, people can check that out. Maybe people out there listening maintain some of these packages and have notebooks. Like if they get them working here, could they
1: uh, submit them to you and have them added in this, this list. The entire playground is, is part of the, the PySupport organization on GitHub. You can just watch, uh, see the, the repository and make a pull request, and uh, I will uh, yeah just review it and, and merge it, and then uh, it will be available right here. Yeah, that's awesome. Very so cool. really happy for more packages here, more examples.
0: <laughs> yeah, more examples would be very welcome. Excellent. All right. Well, I think we're getting uh, pretty much short on time for talking about sports analytics, but really, really good work there. Now, before you get out of here, I have the final two questions for you. I always ask, notable PyPI package, something you've come across, you're like, oh, this library is awesome. People should check it out. I mean, it's kind of the whole topic of this show. So we, we talked about, you know, maybe 100, we didn't mention them all, but went through a list of 100 different Python packages. But something you want to give a shout out to that you thinks cool out there?
1: I'm not really sure if, if the entire Python world already knows it, but on the last... PySport meetup, I made an example using DuckDB. uh, That was something that people didn't know about it, especially with integration with the Pandas data frames, that you just build a data frame and run queries directly on top of it. Yeah, I've
0: heard of DuckDB, but I didn't realize the Pandas kind of direct integration also has direct parquet query. Interesting. Okay.
1: That makes it quite easy to also uh, play around with, with SQL queries. And I was very happy that I uh, had a presentation on, on last PyData Eindhoven conference. Yeah, I, I think it's a package that, well, not everyone, but it's a really uh, worth ch- checking out because it can make your life easier. I think it's just a Swiss army knife for data engineering. And uh, yeah, I think it's a nice one.
0: Yeah, great recommendation. And if you're going to write some Python code, what editor are you using these days? I'm using PyCharm, so not yeah, not sure if it's
1: cool. I love
0: PyCharm, PyCharm's awesome. Okay. Excellent one. Yeah. So I guess final call to action. People are interested in open source sports analytics. They're open and maybe interested in PySport, want to contribute back or, you know, be, be part of it in some way. What do you tell them?
1: Yeah, you can reach out on um, on, on Twitter or LinkedIn to to see you know, where, where you can contribute. And I think it's it's also if you're not working in the sport domain and would like to contribute. Please reach out because I think the knowledge from outside of sports is really useful within sports. So there are a lot of options to contribute and uh, yeah, ma- make make an even more community, a more better community. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so
0: much for being here and sharing all these projects you've collected. Thanks a lot for being on this show. It's
1: really really nice. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. Bye bye.
0: This has been another episode of Talk Python to Me. Thank you to our sponsors. Be sure to check out what they're offering. It really helps support the show. The folks over at JetBrains encourage you to get work done with PyCharm. PyCharm Professional understands complex projects across multiple languages and technologies, so you can stay productive while you're writing Python code and other code like HTML or SQL. Download your free trial at talkpython.fm slash donewithpycharm. Influx Data encourages you to try InfluxDB. InfluxDB is a database purpose-built for handling time series data at a massive scale for real-time analytics. Try it for free at TalkPython.fm slash InfluxDB. Want to level up your Python? We have one of the largest catalogs of Python video courses over at TalkPython. Our content ranges from true beginners to deeply advanced topics like memory and async. And best of all, there's not a subscription in sight. Check it out for yourself at training.talkpython.fm. Be sure to subscribe to the show, open your favorite podcast app, and search for Python. We should be right at the top. You can also find the iTunes feed at slash iTunes, the Google Play feed at slash play, and the direct RSS feed at slash RSS on TalkPython.fm. We're live streaming most of our recordings these days. If you want to be part of the show and have your comments featured on the air, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at TalkPython.fm slash YouTube. This is your host, Michael Kennedy. Thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Now get out there and write some Python code.